So, like, it's gotten to such a great point for the Yankees where I literally find myself ripping them, ripping them immediately after a loss just because I'm so expected to win every night now. Like, I'm so expecting them to win games, just nothing but win. And then when they lose, I'm like, wait, that wasn't supposed to happen. Tough, 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 tough loss today. Uh, that was, it was disgusting. Yeah. But you scrap it. You say you, you, you took two out of three and move on. We're going to talk about this series. Another, another solid series for the Yankees who continue to roll. They just continue to roll. All right. So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Episode 382 of BD4. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Show us some dexterity as well with the left hand. It's What's happening, everybody? What's going on? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you're listening to another episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode 382 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on weekends. Yeah, man, uh... Talking Yankees in this one, obviously we're going to be chatting about the Yankees. Um, uh, I, I wanted that sweep so bad. I wanted to make it 10 in a row. I wanted to make it, what would it have been, 17 out of 18? <laughs> I'm losing count of the wins at this point. But they lost the final game. Um, still took two out of three, so it was a decent series for the Yankees, to say the least. Um, and we're going to talk about it. Welcome to the show. If you are new here to the podcast, then be sure to subscribe. You can find BD4 on the many listening platforms. Um, You can find us on Apple Podcasts for listen. Download those episodes and be sure to also give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We are currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. So subscribe to us and download the episodes on there. You can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, Anchor, Google Podcasts, um, and you can listen to it on Spotify. And the video format of this podcast is also available on Spotify and YouTube. Um, And of course, if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Facebook. I'm very active on there, r.j.carbone. 
Um, and you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Wrong slide there if you're watching. Uh, here we go. And of course, guys, if you like to read, I write a blog called The Bomber Bocker Blog. And if you want to find that, be sure to go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and put into the search bar my name. All right. So if you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and you put my name into the search bar on that site, you will find my blog, The Bomber Bocker Blog. And when you subscribe to the Bomberbacher blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, be sure to subscribe using code 6A2841ERJC. That is, once again, promo code 6A2841ERJC. This way, if you subscribe using that promo code, you get a discount. All right, You get a 20% discount off your subscription, and you get a 10% discount every time you purchase merch for the Bomberbacher blog. I write content there on the Yankees and on the Knicks. Um, so let's get into it. Let's not waste any more time. We'll head to our first break, and we'll start talking. All right, welcome back to the show. Episode 382 of BD4. Hope you're all doing well. Um, as I'm recording, it is a Sunday night, Sunday, June 19th, just a few hours after the Yankees took the loss. They are no longer 49-16. and 16. They are 49-17. and 17. Uh, Yes, disgusting. I know. Um... Hope you're all doing well. Uh, you know, man, sometimes I can't help myself. Um, and I don't like to bring shit like this up on the show. But there's this like this video going around. The memes are the me I will say the memes of this are friggin' hilarious. Um Biden fell off his bike. And I, I'm sorry, like 
They're the, the one meme that takes it all. Rogan posted it on his Instagram. You know how um, this became a meme after the McGregor fight when he lost to Dustin for the second time. And then Rogan went like was like laying on the ground trying to get his interview in, and ever since that it became it became a meme for everything, and um, so Rogan posted that the the photo of Biden falling off his bike, and then him, you know, from the McGregor interview with the mic, and it was great, it was great, uh, but I, I yeah I just I don't know I thought that was funny I wanted to bring that up in case anybody has not seen that go to Rogan's Instagram, it's the funniest shit ever. Um, but like people, people are bringing that up as like, listen, listen. Let me. I'm not the biggest fan of him. All right, I think the guy is not doing great. Um, but I'm not like like, and I think, and and I agree with a lot of people that I think like dementia is a big problem with him, and like he forgets shit. He doesn't even know where he is half the time. I agree with all that shit. But dude, he fell off his bike. People fall off their bikes. People are making such a big deal out of that thing. I'm, I, People fall. People fall. He fell off the guy. The guy fell off his bike. Give him a freaking break. I, I'm just. I'm seeing all these comments on it. They're like, it's become such a big deal. Who cares? People fall. I fell up the stairs the other day. <laughs> but no, go check out that meme. It's hilarious. Um, let's talk Yankees again. Let's get back on track. I don't know why we went there. Um, they lost. The, uh, the the final game of the set, but they won the series. So let's discuss the first game. We'll, we'll recap the series real briefly, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. And, you know, I, I probably shouldn't say this because I, every time I say it, I go against it and never listen to myself, but I want to try to make this episode short. I want to try to make it under the usual 45 minutes to an hour, hopefully more towards 30 minutes. Um, just because I, I, I don't have the energy when I record on defeat days, it just takes a lot out of me, regardless of how well the team's been playing. Um, hopefully we can get this episode in under 30 minutes, but, uh, we'll see. So let's recap it. Let's talk about the first game of the set, which took place. Jesus Christ. When did that take place? Today, Sunday, Saturday, Friday. It took place Friday, where the Yankees won a dozen runs to three. Um, yeah, twelve three victory by the Yankees. One second. This episode sponsored by Pepsi. Um, just kidding. Twelve three. The Yankees picked up a really good victory Friday night. It was Montgomery versus Stripling. Bottom of the second, they're behind. Uh, Marino knocks an RBI base hit. It's one nothing Toronto. But the top of the fourth comes, um, and the Yankees are on the road this series. Glaber Torres with an RBI double. Kyle Higashioka brings in a run off a ground out. It's 2-1 Yankees. Stripling ends up going just three and two-thirds. Uh, top of the fifth off their bullpen. Stanton and DJ go back-to-back bombs. Gallo rips a double, and then Rizzo knocks the grand slam in the top of the fifth to make it 10-1 to Yankees. Bottom of the sixth, Blue Jays put one more on the board there. Kirk gets a home run to make it 10-2. Montgomery ends up going six innings. 
Uh, in the bottom of the seventh versus the Yankee bullpen, Marino, another RBI base hit, 10-3. to But the Yankees tack on in the top of the ninth when Joey Gallo uh, delivers a home run, making it 12-3. They win. Uh, yeah, great, great offense from New York in this game. Obviously, when you score 12 runs, that's always good. 14 hits to get there. Seven of them were extra base hits. One stolen base. Uh, four walks were drawn. Nine strikeouts for the Yankees offensively. One double play hit into four for 15 in scoring position. Seven left on base as a team. But yeah, I mean, to, to go out there and right away, just to put up a 12 spot to do this in the Blue Jays' own home was super impressive, right? They got two runs against Stripling across three and two-thirds innings. Five runs versus Thornton across a third of an inning for him. Uh, three runs versus Richards across one inning, and then they scored two runs um, in the last four innings versus Lawrence. You had DJ LeMayhew, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres, and Joey Gallo, each with multi-hit games. Uh, DJ led the team with three hits, one of them a home run. Uh, Glaber picked up two doubles. Judge had a pair of singles and a walk. Gallo had a double, a home run, a walk, and three ribbies. Rizzo had a single, a homer, a walk, a hit-by-pitch, four ribbies. Stanton had a hit, the home run, uh, also walked and had two RBIs. Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, also a hit of each. And then uh, the only Yankee to do zero at the plate was Kyle Higashioka going over five. So the bats were great. Uh, Pitching-wise, Jordan Montgomery went six innings. Just three hits, one home run, two runs total, one walk, five strikeouts, 93 pitches in the win. Three and one now on the year. Just another game where Jordan Montgomery got no run support, just 12 runs in this one. <laughs> now, they've been scoring a lot more firm lately, so that's a good thing. Um, and yeah, because I said I want to try to not breeze through, but I want to try to make this quick. I'm not going to overanalyze his outing. We'll just go to the next uh, game uh, of the bullpen, though you know, three innings in this game, uh, no hits, no walks, no runs, were perfect. Just a uh, one strikeout from uh, one of them. Bonuelos went an inning in a third. He pitched the seventh and the eighth. Castro went two thirds of an inning in the eighth, and then Lickie got the ninth. Uh, yeah, the Yankees won that game twelve to three to make it. Uh, was it eight in a row at the time? I believe so. All right. Um, just watching that highlight there on the screen. Joey Gallo. He pulled the shit out of that. Yeah, they won 12-3. Let's get to the second game of the set. Where the Yankees also won. This time, 4 nothing. Um, you had Tyone versus Manoa. And this was the game I actually thought they were going to lose. Not the final game. Um, Manoa is a good pitcher. He has dominated the Yankees in the past. But they got to him pretty well. Top of the fourth with the bases loaded. Hicks gets the bases clearing double. Rizzo scores. Glaber scores. IKF scores. Great base running by the Yankees. 3-0. Um, top of the sixth. IKF doubles to left field. Glaber scores. 4-0 Yankees. 
So, I mean, to do this against Manoa was good. Overall, four runs on eight hits, three extra base hits, um, six strikeouts, one double play hit into three for ten in scoring position, seven left on base as a team. Yeah, to do it against Manoa just got me that much closer to buying in on this team. Um, Manoa ends up going five and a third, four runs allowed, six hits. One walk, five strikeouts, 94 pitches needed. And he took a loss. He's now eating two because of the Yankees. So it was impressive to see. This was the game where... We're going to get to the matchup thing in a sec. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Um, but to, to to get to Manoa like that was big. Glaber, I think IKF, and um, Hicks. Two hits a peach. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say two hits a peach. Uh, two hits a piece, each of them with a double as well. And Christ, like every time, man, it feels like every time Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo seem like they're going to finally be at their end, they find a way to prolong their pinstripes every single time. Like Hicks with the huge hit in this game to really jumpstart the Yankees. Uh, Gallo, you know, hitting home runs lately, getting on base lately. It's just like really... It's just they prolong the inevitable. Um, but good for them. You know, Rizzo, one for two. Um, two walks. Gonzalez, one for three, a walk. Carpenter, he let off in this game. Uh, Judge, Gallo, Trevino, DJ, and Carpenter um, did not reach base. DJ Pinch hit late in the game. I don't think he grounded out. Late in the game. Uh, on the pitching side of things, Jamison Tyone went five and two-thirds innings. Four hits allowed, no runs, two walks, eight strikeouts, 88 pitches thrown, and the win. Um, Tyone is now eight and one on the season with a 2.70 ERA. He's having a very good season. He Continues to mix up the fastball and throw different variants of it. He'll cut it. He'll tail it. He'll put some sink on it. And he'll throw the four-seamer. He's had a good season, man. Um, You know, he had a couple of bad starts in a row. But he's bounced back. Very nice bounce back. And he actually got one of the featured spots of this series. You know how every series we will have two featured position players and then one featured starting pitcher. Well, Jamison Tyone was the featured starting pitcher of this series. Again, in game two, he goes five and two-thirds, no runs allowed, eight strikeouts, two walks, four hits, three singles, one double, 88 total pitches. Continues to have a good year, man. And, um... He has now held opposing lineups to one run or less in four of his last six outings. Obviously, the two back-to-back we just brought up. But outside that, he's been flawless lately. Um, Let's get back to that. There we go. There we are. Yeah, it was a good win. Uh, Tyone pitched well. The bullpen. 
three and a third innings, no runs, four strikeouts. Michael King got two innings total, pitched a part of the sixth, the entire seventh, and he pitched some of the eighth. Uh, Clay Holmes, an inning and a third. He got the eighth and the ninth. He got a four-out save. Broke Rivera's record with uh, 29 straight scoreless outings and 31 and a third innings in a row with no runs allowed. His ERA in the year is, I think, 0.29. And he goes and gets a four-out save, and it only lowers. It only lowered by 0.1. That's just how unhittable he's been. Uh, That sinker is unhittable. I mean, uh, he may have broke the system. He may have found a cheat code. Legitimately, um, you can you know, you hear you'll hear like, what's the term they use? Um, obviously, you, you heard bowling ball sinker a lot, right? With Zach Britton, um, and he's starting to remind me of of like prime Zach Britton, you know, who's also making his. Uh, I think he had a setback actually, but um, you'll hear bowling ball sinker makes you think of Britton. He has that type of pitch. Um, but you'll hear the new one, I think, Cone uses it a lot, is, um, gosh, what does he call it? A, a demon? Is it a demon sinker? I'm pretty sure he calls it a demon sinker. Um, if I'm wrong, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but I think that's what he's calling it. He calls Clay Holmes' a sinker a demon sinker. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a nasty pitch. It's an unhittable pitch right now, um, and I'm just enjoying every bit of this run by Clay Holmes and yeah, this was a great win for the Yankees. They picked up their ninth victory in a row. Um, so good for them. All right. Let's talk about it. All right. I want to bring it up now. I'm ready to rant. So let's get into the game three, the final game recap of this series, and then we'll talk about some things that I want to talk about. All right. Stay with us, though. We're going to head to a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk about the third game of the set. Hey, guys. So, I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So, if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone, Instagram at Rob J Carbone. All right, welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 383? No, 382, sorry. 
episode 382 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ. All right, the third and final game of this set, the Yankees could not steal, could not get the sweep, and they dropped this one 10-9. Um, this, this was a historic, with a capital H, meltdown. Uh, and first off, um, you know, we don't, on this show, we don't do, or we're trying not to do the whole participation award thing. We're not going to do the whole, uh, what do you call it, moral victory where we're going to say, excuse me, where we're going to say, like, if that's what it takes to, to, to take this team down, then wow, and at least they put up a good fight. We don't do that here. So I'm not going to sit here talking about this 10-9 loss as a good thing, especially since they had a, what was it, an 8-3 to lead, and they, they allowed 7 unanswered. So I don't do that when that happens. All right? I, I understand it. The Yankees... Again, it came down to the final. Sh- they had it came down to the final strike, final pitch. They were in it the entire way. I get that, but you give up ten runs. That is disgusting. If you're up, what were they up? Eight, eight, three. Yeah, they were up eight to three in the sixth inning. They lose. That's also disgusting. So I'm not going to sit here and say and turn this into a moral victory. I don't do that. We don't do that. Championship teams don't do that. Let's. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um. So yeah, let's let's recap. They lose ten nine. Severino versus Kikuchi. Disgusting. How that's the game we lose. Um. Bottom of the first. I guess an indicator of, of the night it will become. Right away. Uh. Severino surrenders a bomb to Guerrero Jr. for a two run shot. It's two nothing Toronto. Top of the second though. The the Yankee offense is doing what they've been doing all year. Answering back, Glaber Torres slaps a solo home run, two to one Yankees. Top of the third, Yankees take the lead when Donaldson getting his payback for the hit by pitch where he slammed his bat down, blasts a two run shot to dead center, does the bat flip, clearly triggered, or angry, I shouldn't say triggered, angered and, and pumped up, and I loved it. Three to two Yankees. Um, Kikuchi ends up going just four innings. Top of the fifth, Judge and Glaber with RBI doubles in the inning, making it 6-2. Bottom of the fifth, Springer solo homers off of Seve, 6-3. Seve ends up going just five-plus innings. Not a good outing at all. We'll talk about that. Um, Top of the sixth, Kyle Higashioka goes deep again. Marwin Gonzalez goes deep. It's 8-3 Yankees. 8-3. Uh, bottom of the sixth, Guriel gets the grand slam home run off Castro, eight to seven. Bottom of the seventh, Hernandez the three run home run off Peralta. It's ten eight Toronto. Top of the eighth, Rizzo gives the Yankees fans some hope. A pinch hit solo home run, ten to nine. But the top of the ninth comes, and the Yankees, despite putting two base runners on, um, they don't score. You know, and I have some things to complain about, like I said. Um, but let's let's get to the good first before we start bitching. All right, let, let's get to the good. Um, the offense: nine more runs, eleven hits, seven extra base hits, five walks, thirteen strikeouts. Sure, three for fourteen in scoring position isn't great, but nine runs and eleven more hits and a bunch of extra base hits. I mean, everyone but Stanton, Gallo, and Trevino had a hit today. Um, 
you know, if you need to know where the Yankees are on Joey Gallo still, he drew two walks in this game. He's been hitting well lately, but he was still pinch hit for, and pinch hitting for him was the Yankees' light-hitting backup catcher. Now, Trevino, I like. I respect him. He's been hitting well, and he did draw the walk. But if you need to know where the Yankees stand with Gallo and their trust tree, that just it, it says a lot. Um, and he continues to get pinch hit for late in games. We've seen it a few times now. Glaber Torres had three hits today. Marwin Gonzalez had two hits. Judge, Higgy, Rizzo, Marwin also had an RBI apiece. Judge, a double and a walk as well. Donaldson and Hicks were hit by a pitch. Donaldson had two RBIs. Glaber leads the team with three hits and three RBIs. And Glaber Torres, the guy's, the, the kid's been hot. He's been hot. And he is one of our featured players of the series. This series in three games, Glaber, Glaber, Glaber went 7 for 13, which is incredible. Uh, two singles, four doubles, excuse me, and one home run. Four RBIs, four strikeouts and the walks, and 14 total bases. He has been hot, Glaber Torres has. Um, so hot that now... Um, in his last nine games, he's raised the batting average from 243 to 267, all in just nine games because he's been that hot. He's seen the ball extremely well, and he's now 267 with an 838 OPS on the season. That is exactly where I want him to be. 13 home runs, 12 doubles, 32 RBIs. And if we're doing this bullshit where we can't have one single batting order anymore, why not experiment with Glaber at leadoff, second, third? You know, that would be nice to see because he's hitting the ball. He's seeing it so much better. He continues to go the other way. He continues to shoot doubles into the gap. And he looks really good all year. Um, He's had some inconsistent stretches. But for the most part, this season, Glaber Torres has been back. The power is there. That's the big part of it. The power is back. I love what I'm seeing. And honestly, I was looking up the stats entering. This was the before today's huge game. His OPS plus, if you're in on that, if you like that, uh, that stuff, is a career high this season. <laughs> so you can't tell me he's having a bad year. You can't tell me that. Um, I don't know that I agree this is his best season yet, but I do agree that he's having a good year. I I do think he's having a good season. This has been a very strong season for Glaber. Um, Hopefully he can remain consistent as he's been the last two, three weeks even. He looks very good, and that's nothing but a great positive for the Yankees. It's nothing but positive. If Glaber's if Glaber is gonna stay, and this this has been a perfect time, it's at a good time because Aaron Judge has slowed down a bit, right, um, lately. And the sign of a good offense is is when somebody's struggling, you have so much depth, somebody else is gonna pick it up. And right now, Glaber Torres has picked it up. He looks excellent. Extra base hit machine lately. You know who's also been hitting lately is my guy. He's back. He's having a great month again. After a bad May, Anthony Rizzo has picked it up. In three games this series, Anthony Rizzo 
Started two of them in pinch hit today. Went four for seven. Two singles, two home runs. One of them the grand slam. Five RBIs, no strikeouts, three walks, hit batter, or hit by pitch. So we got on base one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Eight times getting on base in 11 at-bats or plate appearances. That's awesome. Ten total bases. He has been excellent for the team this year. All right, I don't want to hear it. I think Jack Curry said it best, too. Um, and, you know, quick fun fact here. He's now supporting a 994 OPS with 19 RBIs through 17 games this month is Anthony Rizzo. So his June has been good. His June has been good. His May was not good, but his April was good. He's having a good season, man. Players go through slumps, and Rizzo happened to go through a slump. He's having a good year. And the slump looked extra bad because he was so hot in April. But it's over. He's back. And like I said, he's going to be somewhere in the middle. Right? He's not going to be April Rizzo. He's not going to be May Rizzo. He'll finish the year with numbers somewhere in the middle. And he's having a really good month again. So Rizzo's been fantastic. Fantastic. And Jack Curry said it best the other day. He said... He may be the best 220-230 hitter you're going to see. And that's so right because he's literally doing everything else. Clutch hits, RBIs, home runs, defense. He's been so good. So, good for Rizzo. His numbers on the year now 233 with an 850 OPS, 18 home runs and 48 RBIs. His homers and his RBIs really aren't that far, far behind Aaron Judge, which is crazy to think about. He is seven homers behind Judge. And then just, I think, two RBIs behind Judge. Um, So great job. Great job by Anthony Rizzo this series. He continues to hit the ball um, for the Yankees. He's just doing a hell of a job. Severino today. uh, Five innings, three hit or five plus innings, three hits, two home runs, Five runs, four walks, nine strikeouts, 102 pitches thrown, and the no decision. Um, You know, it was one of those outings where the analytics versions, who were supposed to be this super specific, overanalyzing losers, they'll probably call this a good outing because they have tunnel vision. They only see the nine strikeouts. But he gave up five runs. He allowed at least seven base runners to reach in five innings. That's not a good stat. He wasn't good. He had no control. He had no command. He continues to give up the home run. So he had a bad start. Oh, well. He's been hot lately. He was due. He'll be all right, hopefully. You know, his next start is against Houston. That's a very important start for Severino. So I'm interested to see how he will do. I'm pretty sure it's against the Astros. Because the three against the Rays coming up at the drop. He's not pitching there, obviously. So, yeah, he'll be pitching in that four-game set versus Houston. At the stadium. But still, it's it's an important start. Uh, the bullpen in this game was also dreadful. Like Severino, five innings, five runs. The bullpen, three innings, four hits, three extra base hits, five runs, four walks, two strikeouts. Uh, Castro, two-thirds of an inning, two runs. Peralta, an inning, three runs. Marinaccio, one and a third innings, no runs. The only pitcher today that didn't want to make me puke was Marinaccio. And he continues to have... A nice season. He's done a nice job for the Yankees this year. Got off to a couple 
you know, got off to a slow start with a few bad outings in there, but he's been pretty solid for a bit. So credit to Ron Marinaccio. But uh, I want to get to some down things. Um, and, and, you know, I hate to end the episode on a bad note, but there, I had one big issue this series, and I want to talk about that when we return from break. Stay with us. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, Give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey, guys. I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841. E R J C seven ninety nine a month. Welcome back to the show, episode three eighty three of BD four. <clears throat> I'm your host, RJ Carbone. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. I'm sorry, episode 382. Um, all right, let's let's do it. Matchups, matchups. You all know if you follow me, it, it bothers me sometimes. Sometimes we overdo it. Sometimes it's just in the weirdest spots. Um, there is the lineup shit. Excuse me. There was the lineup thing where I got annoyed at the the whole matchups mentality. I don't want to complain too much about this because they won yesterday where they did it. And they scored nine runs today where they did it. But Jesus Christ, like sitting DJ LeMayu, sitting Giancarlo Stanton, both of them, the night after they both homered, DJ had three hits yesterday because you want to... Stack up on lefties versus Manoa. That annoyed me. 
Like, I'd rather have those two guys in there as righties going up against the righty Manoa still. Because they're swinging it real. Well, that's where I value being hot over matchups. And then today, on the other side. Um, no, actually today, even in the lineup, sitting a hot hitter. Another hot hitter you're sitting in the lefty hitting Anthony Rizzo. Who's homering, it feels like, every night now. Because you have the left-handed pitcher, Kikuchi, on the mound. That bothered me. Rizzo comes in late and he gets another home run. Just like, dude, you, you could have started him. But again, they scored nine runs today. They won yesterday. I don't want to complain about that too much. What really bothered me today, what really bothered me was in today's game, the final game of the set, Sunday afternoon. What, what are we doing with the bullpen? Because there were a few mistakes. The first mistake, in my opinion, um, was this wasn't even like matchup. It was just... Boone letting Severino begin the sixth inning. He wasn't pitching terrible at the time. He wasn't pitching great, though. He had 89 pitches. He was clearly not going to finish the inning anyway. So Boone doesn't... He ignores that. And he has him face the meat of the Blue Jays' order the third time through. Which is the number three hitter, Guerrero, and the number four hitter, Kirk, who might be an all-star this season. They both reach base. So then Boone finally pulls Severino. Okay, good. He pulls Sevy, um, brings in the righty Castro to face the righty Teoscar Hernandez. Good. Competent move. I agree with that. Finally did the right thing. Shouldn't have pulled Sevy, uh, shouldn't have kept Sevy out there, though. But at least he pulls him when he's supposed to. Right? He does that. Castro gets two quick outs. Then he walks Matt Chapman. And then you have the lefty Peralta. You see him warming up in the bullpen. You figure that'd be for Tapia, who's after this next at-back Uriel. So Castro, being his usual unclutch self, surrenders the pathetic grand slam to Uriel to bring it to one run. That's when Boone makes his second mistake. And it's matchups. Instead of pulling Castro there as expected, he lets the righty Castro face the lefty Tapia and keeps his left-handed pitcher, Peralta, in the bullpen for that at-bat. What happens? Tapia doubles. Now, I'll give Boone a pass here, because it didn't haunt them. But it's like, it just added to it after that, because then he goes to Peralta in the next at-bat to face the right-handed hitting George Springer. And then add that to his seventh-inning mistake, which was another one, when Peralta puts the first two runners on base with one out, not the first two, but he puts two on with one out. And then Boone keeps him in the game for the righty Teoscar Hernandez. Peralta's a lefty. He's kept in the game there to face Hernandez. Hernandez hits the three-run bomb. And then Boone still lets him face another righty. Before going to the right-handed pitcher, Marinaccio, to finish it out there when the game's already over. Or, or already the Yankees are already losing. It's just like he was one step behind the entire way. Just making stupid move after stupid move. Just frustrating with the matchups. Frustrating. So a bad, bad loss today. A disgusting, pathetic loss. But you know what? Don't let that stop you from saying this was a decent series. Because it was. The Yankees took it. 
They are, I think, eight and four, nine and four against Toronto this year. And um, they keep doing their thing. So, so up next is going to be is going to be a big one. This is where we see what happens. What this team's really made of, right? You took care of the Twins. You you bludgeoned the Cubs like you were supposed to. You took care of the Rays at home, and you took two out of three in Toronto, which was solid. Now you got to go to the Trop for three games, and you know the Rays are looking for revenge, and you know the Yankees have had a history of having some tough games at the Trop. And then after you go to the Trop for three, you begin a series against the Astros towards the end of the week heading into the weekend. Now that's at Yankee Stadium, but it's a four-game set. And the Astros are also a good team. So these next seven games are going to be good to see what this Yankees team is really made of. And I said, remember, I'll remind you all, at the beginning of the earlier this month, before the Twin Series, I said to you guys, from that Minnesota Twin Series all the way up to that to the end of that four-game set coming up against Houston, I want to see the Yankees go 14-5 and on that stretch if they really want me to call them special, if they really want me to buy in. 14-5 and is tough against those teams. But if you want me to call this team a World Series winning team, team you got to do tough things. So I ask, I'm asking them to go 14-5. and And so far on this stretch, they're on a decent pace for that. They are 9-2 and after today's loss. They're 9-2. and with seven of those games left. So nine and two to get to fourteen and five, you gotta go five and three. Possible. Should be able to do it if they are who they are, who everybody says they are. Um, but we will see. So a solid series. Sucks that it ended the way it did. Gotta put it behind you and, and go into the trop now with nothing but beating the shit out of the race on your mind. Hopefully we can take care of that team. Hopefully. We're going to head to our final break. Get back and we'll wrap this one up with the NYY, NYK MMA question of the day. Stay with us. Be right back. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6 a 2 Eight, four, one, E R J C, six eight two eight four one E R J C. 
Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. Welcome back to the show. Real quick before we get to the question of the day, I want to correct myself. The Yankees are 10-2, and 10-2 and two on this stretch I talked about. So they would have to go 4-3. and three. That's it, 4-3, and three, the rest of these two series, to accomplish what I asked them to do. Very possible. Hopefully, it's done at the worst. Let's get to our NYYMYK MMA question of the day to wrap it up. It's time! All right. So, for this episode, episode 382, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day. Is it a Yankees question? Obviously. It is. How many World Series titles did the Yankees win in the 1980s? All right. How many World Series titles did the Yankees win in the 80s? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you don't get it correct, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I will let you know what the answer is in the next show. So one final time, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 382 is... How many World Series titles did the Yankees win in the 80s? All right. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for stopping by. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm 